and thank you for tuning into the Business and Wealth Show with your host, Matt Catrum. Let's go. Hello and welcome to the Business and Wealth Show with me, Matt Catrum. And today you are in for a treat. We have Dr. Daniel Moses in the house. He's blowing up the, the internet. He's blowing up Instagram. And we are talking about our specialist um, knowledge here, which is wealth. Wealth in life, wealth in business, wealth all around. So, hey, Dr. Daniel Moses, welcome to the Business and Wealth Show. Thank you so much, uh, Mark, for having me on the show. I'm looking forward to a great conversation, you know, sharing the background, sharing the journey, and obviously sharing, you know, the mindset of the transition of the ordinary to the extraordinary. I'm looking forward to it. Superb, superb. Hey, listen, you know, we sat down, uh, we had, you know, invited me for lunch. We sat down, we had lunch, uh, and, um, and I really didn't know about your background. It's a very interesting background, right? And yes. I want to I dissect it this way. Tell people what you do now, because then when we talk about your background and where you came from or how your entrepreneurial journey started, they get a better picture, actually. Look, Absolutely. they know who they're talking to here. So tell us, what is it you do now? And um, yeah, go ahead. And so um, I, do, I do multiple things within the business and property entrepreneurship space. Uh, number one is I'm a Forbes Coaches member, uh, which uh, I got uh, nominated about two months ago, February, to be very precise. And as well as I'm a property mogul, uh, a podcast host, uh, award-winning property and business entrepreneur. And as well as I have a small, very small property portfolio of just under 10 million. And um, I have written multiple books. My second book is about to be released in about two months. Uh, it's called The Test, The Journey of the Ordinary to the Transition of the Extraordinary, which is a great, great topic that just kind of paints a picture of how we transition in life from nothing to something, basically. And lessons learned are how entrepreneurs can literally use that to literally grow and you know and scale you know their wealth. All right, excellent. So we're talking about that. We're talking to the property mogul here, who's also an expert in the arena of helping people create wealth, getting their mindset right around money and wealth. He's a published author. Second book coming up, Forbes Coaches Council. Forbes does not allow anyone to join their coaches council. So we're talking to Dr. Moses here. Uh, Property portfolio worth just under 10 million and also various property related businesses. So with that said, tell us about your background. How did you get to do what you're doing now? What was your entrepreneurial journey? What happened? You know, funny enough, I... um... I was just having a little bit of a what, you know, I was just having a glass of water uh, before actually coming on this podcast. And something actually flicked into my mind and said, Daniel, tap yourself on the back because you've done well. And I have never, I cannot remember the last time I have felt like that. He says, I just, he just said, tap yourself on the back, you've done well. And I said, how? I came to this country just myself, no brother, no sister, no mother, no auntie, no uncle, nobody. I only just, you know, became, you know, I had I had mutual friends that was introduced to me, just about three people. And that's how I found myself here in the United Kingdom, found myself here not knowing what to do. But one thing kept me alive, the entrepreneurship spirit. 
that was inside of me, which was better way back in the early stage of my life from the age of 16. You know, uh, from the age of 16, I sold anything apart from drugs, apart from, you know, illicit items, but I sold anything. Give me a shirt, I'll sell it. And it gave me a confidence the other day. And I said, you know what? Looking back now, what I've done in my life, put me in anywhere, shock up the kids. Two, three years, I'll figure it out regardless. So for me, that's exactly how my background started. So from the age of 16, selling anything, anything you know, selling anything sellable, which obviously took me into the university days where I became the, the guy who sells anything, the, the cars, the clothes, the tires, the shoes, the shed, anything I just sold just to survive. And I'm going to United Kingdom. So not this, this was from Nigeria. This was in Nigeria, yes. was it? Was that Lagos or yes. where? Uh, from the southern part of Nigeria. Oh, okay, okay. Southern part of Nigeria, that's where it's called Edo State. Okay. You know, Benin Kingdom, to be precise. Oh, wow. That's a yes, royal kingdom right there. <laughs> absolutely. It's a small kingdom within 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 kingdoms. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Fantastic. So now, so as a young 16-year-old, you're selling everything. Is Are you selling just for survival, or is it something you wanted to do, or is it just an entrepreneur? spirit you had inside of you or was it just the culture that you found yourself in so growing up right my you know my very uh, immediate elder brother used to live in japan okay and he would and he would ship things back to nigeria and when he would ship things to nigeria as a very young boy i would leave secondary school to go to the shop and just basically put my 10 pound on top of whatever that's being sold so oh. whatever he brought that he wanted to sell, if he's selling for hundred pounds, I will put my ten pound on it, and I will sell. I will sell extra and make ten pound extra. Got it. So and that's just how this whole thing's got me stressed, knowing that oh, okay, I could sell something more than the owner of the actual item, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I will put my little ten pound on it, or I'll put my little five pound on it, and this is exactly how. It's just something I was doing out of my subconscious mind. I didn't even, wow. To wow. me, it was just like a hustle, just making something. <laughs> hey, listen up, guys. Listen. D look, what Daniel's saying is he added his own margin. Now, for those people who you think you have to go to uh, business school, you have to get an MBA to understand margins, this guy was doing it naturally, adding margin because he knows he wants to make a profit and cover his cost to his brother. That's fantastic. Amazing. So what So what led you to, because I, I know you went into other businesses. So yeah. after you finish you, uh, your uni, you're still selling. But after you've graduated now, what happened? So what, it's quite a very deep story into okay. what actually happened. Now, from the age of 16 all the way through to university age, like I said, I saw anything sellable. So when I go into university, year one and year two, because I was in uni for four years. So year one and year two, I was selling anything. I became very popular in campus. Very, very, very popular in campus. Mm. Every single lady in the campus wanted to hang out with me. Wow. <laughs> including my friends' girlfriends want to hang out with me. So I became a target for rivalry groups in the university. Because wow. whilst I was in university, I basically, four years I spent there, every single year I changed my car. Because I was making money. Every single year I change my car, you know, and buy a new car, you know, air conditioner, like having an air conditioner in your car was a big deal way back Especially in Especially that heat. 
Yeah. Especially in the heat, you're talking about 40 degrees, right? Yeah. 35 degrees, proper hot. And I became a target. So I became a target in university and being a target in university meant that in school you have different rivalry groups like gangs or, you know, like, you know, I'll, I'll use the word gangs. So mm. this gangs here means that it's not like they're looking for your money or anything. So it basically means that they, you know, they want to oppress you so you can, it's like the big bullies, I'll call them, right? right. Bully you beyond bully. And this is exactly what happened way back in university. So at some point towards the last, you know, two, you know, last year to the last two years of me being in uni, I just couldn't take it anymore because it was obstructing my cell. It was obstructing me moving around freely. It was So I had to buy the pressure. So I ended up buying the pressure and I ended up becoming a member of one of the rivalry groups oh, wow. in school. So now in order for me to use that to protect myself, because now I can't sell, I can't even hang up with the, the girls in school, you know, and I was quite a very jovial guy. I wear good clothes and everything else. So I bought to pressure. I became a member of a part of a rivalry group. Now, when I became a member of that rivalry group, then guess what happened? The year I got involved with it, the whole thing went viral. It became too violent. Oh, wow. So now, yeah, it became too... I actually talked about it in my new book that is coming out. You know, and it became very violent. You know, now the rivalry groups now gone into guns, knife, killing each other and everything. I was like, boy, that's not what I thought this was. That's a crazy situation. I've, I've got to run. I've got to get out of this country before I get killed. And on... There was actually a time where actually a hit was actually pulled on me. I was lucky to survive. And I survived that very first hit. So cut long story short, I just couldn't wait mm. to get out to get out of the country. So cut long story short, that happened. I'm like, no, I'm getting out anywhere possible. Again, me using my creative mindset, I met someone and someone to someone to someone. And I ended up finding myself in England. Wow. So you you now you my goodness. Crazy story. I mean, the gang thing, it just reminds me of South London, where, where I was raised with the craziness. Sometimes you find yourself that you you if you choose to opt out of that, then that's great. But if you get caught in that, it's it's messy. It's horrible. Now, you're in the UK. No parents, no cousins, no uncle, no, no one at all. And you've got to survive. Yes. So what did you do to survive then? Because I know, you know, people say, hey, Dr. Daniel Moses, so lucky. You know, 10 million pound real estate uh, property portfolio, building property businesses, has trained and coached hundreds of students who also become millionaires and also build their property businesses. But it wasn't always that way. No, it wasn't. So, and this is exactly where I, like looking back 22 years later now, and this is the reason why I wrote the test, because 22 years backwards is basically looking at what actually sparked the person I have become. And why is it that every single obstacle that stood in front of me hasn't broken me neither as he literally mm. bankrupted me completely? So I got into the UK, no brother, no sister, no one. I only knew three people. One was in London, one was in Luton, one was in Leeds. And okay. these three people that I knew, they didn't have a job. So they, one of them was doing security uh, illegally because they didn't have legal status. They didn't have papers. Right. Um, I, you know, And they paid them cash in hand. And then I knew someone else who was literally, you know, doing security in Sunday markets. And I knew someone else who was doing a cleaning job in, in, uh, in Leeds. 
So when I came through, I was sleeping on the floor, you know, in one of their properties on Barking Road in wow. East London, in Canning Town. I was sleeping on the floor there. Uh, I mean, these guys used to send lies looking pictures way back in 2004, back to Nigeria. And we thought, you know what, they live really good here in the UK. But that wasn't the case. Once when I came, I'm sleeping on the floor. It's bloody cold. Trust me. It's freezing. <laughs> Hard life. And I'm like, oh, my days. Do I actually go back to Africa and die? Or should I actually stay in this code and survive? I'm like, no. If I have done different kind of things, you know, sold any kind of thing, I'm going to look for a way to start selling things. But before I actually get into selling things, I need money. So what I ended up doing is I started doing all different kind of jobs. So from a job they call Becca. A pecker in England is a job that it's very common, uh, you know, uh, uh, around the, you know, the literally less privileged Africans who live in this country. So you, I've, I don't know if you've ever been to a nightclub. You see the guy in the toilet that sprays you perfume, gives you a stick of lollipop. And as well as, you know, he consistently cleaned the toilet on a Friday nightclub. That so was, I was one of them. Exactly. Really? That was me. Wow. Okay. Okay. That, that's so, hard. That's hard work. It, it was hard. It was hard. It, it was really hard. So I was doing that. So while I was doing that, obviously, it's I didn't have legal status. So I had to do that. Mm. Uh, whilst I'm doing that, I'm making about £100 a night. You know, on a good okay. night, I'm making £100. On the mm -hmm. worst night, I'm making like £30, you know, for the whole night. Right. Because being, you have to, the reason why club owners will allow you to be in that club to do it is because you keep the toilet clean so that right. as, as, right. as it's being used, it's being cleaned consistently right and yeah so i was doing that and i did that very well for like about a couple of months i saved enough money i started buying clothes and shipping them to nigeria and i'll ship them a family relative will pick them up you know and as well as what else i was also doing would be i would drive around the city of london sorry i would drive i would not drive around i would get into someone else's car that had a license to drive and we will pick up you know, I don't know. You see all this, you know, like my fridge broke down the other day. I threw it in the street. I picked it up. Oh. We will load all those used fridges and used things in the van and we'll ship them to Nigeria to sell. Oh, wow. Wow. So other people's junk became prize assets that you could sell and make money from. My goodness. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and and that is exact. And, and I can go on into different types of things that I've done in the UK. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I was making, I started to make some money. And past now, I've spent about eight months in the UK. And I said, you know what? Oh, this is too tough. I can't survive this. The weather is not friendly. I'm trying to do this. I'm not really making as much as I was making back in Nigeria. I'll go back to Nigeria. So I went back to Nigeria eight months, a couple of months later. And now I'm in Nigeria in 2005. Towards the end of 2005, I'm in Nigeria and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, should I go back? Should I not go back? Then I went out this evening. The same rivalry group that I thought I've escaped from, we were drinking in a bar and the guys invaded the place. And I was lucky not to have been killed. Wow. And for some reason, the guy literally, I thought I thought it was robbers. I didn't know what was happening anyway. I go in the place when the end, a gun was put right there in my chest. And the lock I had it was I had some pounds in my pocket. I just came back from the UK. I had oh. some pounds in my pocket, less than about 100 or 200 pounds in my back pocket. And I, the moment I brought out the pounds, the guy looked at, what is this? Pounds! And he got excited and took off the gun and literally, I said, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. And that was, I was like, no, I'm going Thank back you. to the UK. 
Wow. I'm like, I'm going back. I'm going back to the UK. I'd rather go and die in the UK than to die in Nigeria. My goodness, that, that's crazy. That's a crazy situation. Yeah. And so with all that going on, with all that uncertainty, with all that hardship, with all that selling to survive, now you come back to the UK because you just want to stay alive. And what's led you to going into property then, uh, real estate property? What led you into that? It's quite a long journey. So I came back 2015 and then I'm lucky enough, not the word fortunately, I was lucky, very, very lucky enough, and I met my wife. I met my oh, girlfriend. That's a blessing. I came back and I met my girlfriend. We met in a bus and there was this instant connection. I'm like, okay, she's the one. And as soon as I said she's the one, I worked towards her. We had a chat. We met again. I got her number now. We started dating. And that gave me the reason to literally say, you know what? This is me now in this country. I've got to settle. So very cut, long story short, I kept doing things I was still doing. I was still buying things, shipped them to Nigeria, but I wasn't traveling back home right. the way I was used to. It kept doing the same thing, kept doing the same thing. Until 2012, I literally felt like, you know what? I'm just sick and tired of doing the same thing over and over again. Insanity, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm like... You know what? I'm gonna go back to Nigeria. At least now I've got a little bit of money. I've been here for over five years. You know, I'm gonna start oil and gas, and I'll stay in Abuja and I'll stay in Lagos, where there was less of you know fighting and risk and all these different people and stuff like that. And I went back to Nigeria. I told my wife, I told my wife I would basically go there, make it work in Nigeria because I was just tired of shipping all these different things that wasn't you know junky and all this business back home. Got there and I started oil and gas business. So starting oil and gas means I move petroleum products mm. from the local depots to the petrol stations, where it's then sold, to, you know, to the end user, people gonna fuel their car. And I was doing this, and it's doing really well. I started to make million, two million, three million, four million. I, I could make like in a month, I could make easy like 20, 20, 20 million naira profit sometimes. Right. Which is equivalent to current exchange rate. I could make easily 20,000 pound profit in the month. In Nigeria, you don't pay taxes. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, there's no tax. You can tell, you can talk however I might be. Nobody's going to come and chase you no, for taxes. Right. There you go. So, yeah, just keep making the same money, keep popping the same money in. Now, 2015, I'm doing well my business from 2012 to 2015. 2015, I'm back in England because I'll go to Nigeria and I'll come back to the UK. I'll go to Nigeria and I'll come back to the UK. 2015, I'm back in the UK on a short holiday for, for Christmas. And the next thing is my driver calls me up. His name is Paul. And Paul shouting on the phone, screaming, crying, shouting, Oga, Oga. He's speaking pidgin English, Nigerian language. Oga, Oga, fire, fire. What's happened? Oga, I not died. I not died. Like, I did not die. I did not die. Yeah. What's happened, Paul? Talk to me. This... You're getting too aggressive. Talk to me. He said two of my trailers, 65,000 liters, carrying petrol, petroleum products from the east, from the western part of Nigeria to the northern part of Nigeria have just fallen into a valley. And oh, into flame. Wow. My goodness. That's all your, 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 your stuff. Um, um, everything your gone. gone. Everything gone. gone. I lost over 150,000 pounds in the twinkle of an eye. Just like that. Just like that. So at this point in my life, I'm thinking, what else? Like, mm. I'd rather be dead. Like, 
Mm. Why is it? Why is this just like? Do I have to just keep? Does everything just keep happening? You know why? And I'm asking myself all these different questions. And I'm like, okay, that's it for me. Entrepreneurship is finished. I'm not. I'm not doing this anymore. And I'm looking at my wife. I'm like, I'm crying and everything. A couple of months later, I said to my wife, you know what? I'm not going back to Nigeria. I'm going to stay this time. I'm just going to go and get me a job. You know, just get a okay. job. Then my wife's like, you've never had a proper job. You've never really worked. What, what are you going to do? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. So the first thing I did was I became a delivery driver because now I have no money. Okay. I went and then got a job with Amazon. Started doing delivery jobs, started dropping, you know, delivery. I'm oh, sure everyone oh. uses Amazon these days. Yeah. So 2016, I'm basically doing Amazon job now in England. I quitted my entrepreneurship journey. And from that, I then joined uh, Uber. Okay. And I became an Uber driver. Wow. And, I, and I'm like, I'm not doing business anymore. And towards the end of 2016, I'm like, oh, I'm doing 18 hours a day driving the city of London from point A to point B, nonstop trying to make 3,000 pounds a month from someone who was turning over almost 20,000 pounds. Right, right. Like 3,000 pounds for like, what is this? I kept asking myself that question. Again, I feel, I've, always, I've always said it, God has been with me. Mm. Because if he hasn't been with me, I would not be where I am. I would not even survive a day. I'm driving all the way from Stansted Airport after making an airport drop-off in the morning. I fall asleep on my wheel, and then I was about to crash my car. I wake up, and from that sleep, I'm like, and then I said, you know what? I've got to go into a petrol station. Let me park up. I went to a petrol station. I slept. Woke up from the sleep after sleeping, and I'm about to literally put up my phone, and someone, someone pops up on my, on my Facebook, and he's talking about property investing. Oh, wow. Okay, property investing, you say you need a, a lot of money. How are you going to do this? Anyway, I took a leap of faith with the last 70 pound I had. I invested it in myself. Mm. Boom, there you go. So I you start learning, and I started to learn about this new world that I found myself in since 2016. And I've never literally looked back. That's just exactly how I got into property. Fantastic, fantastic. Let me, you know, I was got, one of the questions I was going to ask you, what's the biggest challenge or adversity you've ever had? But your whole story has been full of adversity and challenge. So you, you've answered that for me. No problem at all. So people who want to improve their, our show is all about business and wealth. Those who want to improve their business or improve their wealth, if there was one thing or two or three things you could say, do this, do this, do this, and you will get there eventually what would those one two or three things be very very quickly before i answer that question i think looking at my life i'm not saying everybody have to go through the so much pain and challenges i've been through in my entire life to sure. become an entrepreneur but i think first of all entrepreneurship people need to get this correctly that entrepreneurship is not an eastern miracle an eastern pill like it's like someone has got a headache you take you take norofine express and all of a sudden, your headache goes away. No, it's a journey. Yeah. And in this journey, you've got to learn to have three key things. Number one, you go understand the importance of persistence. Number one, persistence. Got it. Number two, consistent. 
Consistency. Yeah. Number three is the fact that you just have to keep going regardless. Mm. Just keep going. You're going to have bad days. Sometimes you're going to be like, this is not for you anymore. You're not going to do it. So you just got to keep going. So keep going, persistent and consistent. You've got to show up. Because looking backwards, there's a thousand and one reason. Because when I literally quitted on entrepreneurship in 2015, 16, and I said, you know, I'm not going to do this anymore. I think if I had sold myself to level and to you know great degree, I probably would still be driving Uber today. Mm. And finally, business is not for everyone. That's right. Business is for those who are prepared to go through the challenges of life. Yeah. Because if you're not tested in life, you cannot be wealthy. You cannot be successful. To keep success is 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 harder than to become successful. To keep the success, to maintain the success, yes. Harder. Right, right, right. So you heard it from Dr. Daniel Moses. Persi the keys to success as an entrepreneur and building wealth, persistency, consistency, and don't stop. Never give up. Do whatever don't it takes. Never pick, you drop, you pick yourself up, you go again. Now, for those of you people listening think, fantastic, I need to learn from this man. Uh, I, I want to le learn more. What's the best, what's the easiest way for them to connect with you? Um, what would you say? The easiest way to connect with me is I'm very active on social media. Uh, I've got a small team that deals with all my social media activities. So I'm active on LinkedIn. I'm active on Instagram. In fact, easiest way actually, just Google my name. Easiest Google, way. Go Google, Google Dr. Google Dr. Daniel, Daniel Moses. Moses. <laughs> Google Dr. Daniel Moses and you will you will arrive at the place you want to be. But I would say this, Dr. Daniel Moses invited me to uh, one of his ev events in London at a time when people couldn't get people in the room. And he had two over 200 people in the room learning some amazing stuff around business, around sales, around money, around income, around improving yourself, around personal development. He runs amazing events. So check him out, seek him out. And if there's anyone you can learn from, learn from those who have had trials and tribulations, challenges and obstacles, and never give it up. If someone's had a silver spoon, they've never really had to really work hard for what they have. Can you learn much from them? No. So like, like, like Dr. Daniel said, never give up. Keep persisting. But you have to be consistent in what you're doing. Consistent in your education. Consistent in applying that education. And consistent in taking action. Eventually get the results. So thank you, thank you, thank you for that, Dr. Daniel Moses. Thank you for coming onto the business business and wealth show and sharing all these golden nuggets with us. I really appreciate that. I really, really appreciate you having me here. And just before we probably wrap up, I know you're about to wrap up. I think everyone should understand a business mindset starts from vision. Mm -hmm. So for anyone who wants to become a successful entrepreneur, be a visionary. Be a visionary. Become a person with a vision. And if your vision is big enough, no matter the obstacle, just like a little hole in the middle, you will scale through. So I hope that was something that you can, you know, just kind of just dwell on and push through to be the greatest vision of yourself as an entrepreneur. There you go. Vision, mission. So as the great Jim Rohn said, 
the biggest the the bigger the why, the easier the how. So if you have a big vision and mission that you're living, striving for, the easier the how. In other words, you will figure it out. You will find the resources. You'll find the people because the vision, the vision and the mission is big enough. So I really appreciate you saying that. Thank you, and all of you. Remember to like, follow, subscribe to the Business and Wealth Show, um, and also make some comments here. What did you pick up? What did you learn? What does it mean to you? And share it with your friends as well. Take care. Until we speak again. Much love. Thank and you God. so much for having me. You're Take care. Welcome. Bye for now.